Can I get a drum roll, please, from my audio guy? Because we got an absolute banger coming at you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, August 16th, and if you're listening to this, it is Tuesday. And you know what? Tuesday is kind of a boring day, but guess what? Your day just got a whole lot better. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Here we go again, another Tuesday on this 2021 summer. It's been a roller coaster of a summer for a lot of us. I'm joined by my partner in crime. I like to call him Swagner. His name is Jack Agner. Jack, how are we doing today? As always, doing great, Tom. Happy to be here. Doing good today. Jack posted a new blog today. If you guys check it out on MLWFL.com. Nice, yeah. Swagner's uh, Big Brain blog. You want to talk about that? They may check not know out. about the Big Brain blog too much. I've never talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, we may have hinted at it before, but mm-hmm. uh, this summer I started writing a blog for the league, just kind of mm-hmm. recapping the videos, recapping the series, throwing in you know, some metaphors there, throwing in some stuff that hopefully can give you guys a laugh, give you a little bit of an inside scoop from one of the players the the blogs are coming out you know every every couple weeks or so just depending Mm -hmm. on um how the videos go and how they get uploaded but um yeah so go check that one out i I enjoy them something new we've had uh we've had some outside sources writing blogs over the past few years and i think kyle's written a couple like little write-ups here and there but nothing to the extent that you're doing a couple paragraphs on each video a couple sentences uh Jack gives everyone a unique nickname. It's pretty funny. You should, yeah. you should check it out. It's right. It's right. <laughs> you guys go to mlwwiffleball.com. You'll see right on the headlines on the right side of the page. It'll say Swagner's Big Brain Blog, and you yes, can sir. check out Jack's uh, breakdowns from each uh, each series. So it's it's pretty pretty entertaining, and it only take a couple minutes out of your quick day. Read, you, yeah, you, you, quick you, read, yeah. You won't regret it. It's nothing yeah. too crazy. It's just enough little light, some light comedy to get you through your day. That's right. But I I enjoy him for sure. But. I had to highlight the Big Brain blog, but let's talk about the real hi- highlight of this week, which was the Oklahoma series video being uploaded. An Absolutely. absolute fire video. And Jack wasn't there to experience it, so all he hears heard is story so far until he um, saw that video. So first things first, Jack, as a consumer of that video and as a member of the league, yeah. how, how did how did that go down in your head? Was it like what you thought it would be, or were you like totally shocked at the scenes there? Yeah, well, you, you know, think? I'd seen just kind of some clips here and there of the field. Um yeah, and obviously just that resort. Some of the shots mm-hmm. w- were amazing, but you know, seeing all the fans there, f- hearing the audio, how loud the people are getting, mm-hmm. seeing that field, you know, that ninety degree field in play, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different from our field. Mm-hmm. It was one of my favorite videos that came out this year. Um, great play all around from both teams. It was a it was a tight fought series. It was very um, tight. Dan was able to steal one there in the last in the last game to make sure to prevent the sweep for mm-hmm. the Eagles, uh, which was key. But yeah, I thought it was one of the one of the better videos put out this summer. Yeah, I agree. It was it was really fun to watch and uh, cool to re-experience that because I've said this about tournaments too before. But like when you're in the heat of the moment and you're running around trying to make everyone have a good time in the moment, and you're also filming things, but like. And I'm very focused on the filming while it's happening, but I'm also like answering kids' questions while it's going down. I'm like trying to talk and smile and yep. But then when you take a step back and watch something like that for a half hour and kind of enjoy it more and uh, see it and in a whole different perspective, it's uh, very refreshing. And you could correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but obviously Kyle tries to keep the videos around the same time. I'm mm-hmm. sure that video could have went for an hour with uh, all the stuff it, going it, on. It there. probably could have. I mean, we had a great time off the field and yeah. a great time on the field. Um, he actually Kyle did a very good job of um keeping it to a respectable length for our right. viewers at least. I know some of you guys want them longer, but some people don't have all day. So I think, I mean, 30 minutes. I think that's I, a good length. As a consumer, for me, that's like, I would never watch a YouTube that's video a longer than that. Yeah. And I, I applaud our fans for, like, watching our videos and enjoying every moment of them. Yep. But, um, yeah, it was really cool. Um, sitting across from me as well here, kind of giving me a, a blank stare for the last few minutes, is <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Schultz. Dan, if you want to take the mic from Jack for, mo- for a moment here. Um, I wanted to hear about your experience as well um, as a player in this series because you know I didn't get the opportunity to play in this one. I was just behind the camera, awkwardly crouched over, being a hunchback, trying to give you guys a good, uh, good experience from an announcer standpoint. But um, as a player there, playing wiffle ball in front of a crowd, like, what what was that like? And did you ever think you'd do something like that? Yeah, it was definitely awesome. And before I, I go into my so answer. Beautiful. Uh, I definitely commend you for the filmmaking that you did there because that stance you had behind <laughs> home plate looked very uncomfortable. It was. And I did not want to do that myself. So thank you for doing that. But yeah, it was definitely uh, really fun at Oklahoma. 
you know, and I'm glad that the series that we played, it was like it, it was actually an entertaining series. Mm-hmm. There wasn't too many walks. There was a lot of home runs. Uh, great I, thought, I had some sides. good pitches, and Kyle, Kyle did as well too. So, and Sailor mm-hmm. had a few bombs too. So I, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really entertaining series. Yeah, it was funny. Like in each, each and every game, I had the same feeling each time of like. Oh man, like people are watching this series and they may have never seen this before, and like all they're gonna see is shutouts because it was like zero zero all strikeouts to like kind of start the games off, and nothing was getting scored. And I'm like, people were admiring the pitches, but I'm like, they probably think we can't hit anything. And then right when I was like starting to um, get concerned, there'd be a big hit like out of nowhere in that first game. Ryan Kelly, two run single, and I alluded to this in the outro of the video, or I guess it was the middle of the video outro between uh, games two and three. But, like, Ryan was talking on the trip about how, like, he's, like, how did I end up here? I'm no good at this game. You guys are way better than me. And all this stuff about his walks and everything. And then out of nowhere, in front of 50, 60, 70 people, <laughs> it's a clutch hit. It was just so funny and so right on cue. And me and him were laughing about it all weekend. But, yeah, what, what did you feel, like, more pressure or not really? Did it feel pretty normal to you? Uh, and I think I'm used to it at this point. Oh, but this guy. He lives in well, the spotlight. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but, um, you know, it, it, it almost, you know, gets the adrenaline going even more. But to go back to the Kelly thing, uh, I got to give it to Ryan, man. That was a great hit. Single up the middle. I, I it was just, I, I, I put the riser right down the middle for him and he connected. So I've good, good job to him. What'd you think, Dan, just playing on that field? What was that like, you know, playing in a different spot? Obviously we've had... Colts field and the Meadows, um, similar style fields, and this one was a little bit different. Just give us a little rundown how that was. Yeah, I really liked the the turf. It was definitely different. Um, and another thing I liked was, at least hitting-wise, is uh, it boosted my average because the field was a little wider. So those little dribblers that get to the left side that are usually foul at the Meadows, they were fair in Oklahoma. So it, I, I might have padded the stats a little bit there. I mean, they were all hard-hit balls, and your home run was a thing of beauty. I said it in my call. I was like, you don't usually go oppo on your dingers. You're usually no, like a dead don't. pole hitter. And that was like down and out, outside corner, and you took it to right field. That was a shot, too, off the bat. Um, you all, I also, I don't know if I commented on this yet, but I may have said it in a, in a later video, perhaps. But I was talking about how it may not have even come across in the video too much in your strikeouts, but that was the first time I've ever seen you locate your uh, like non-knuckle drop drop ball like really well, which was crazy to me because it's a new environment people watching you and that day that pitch was just on were you surprised by that or have you been practicing that one uh i wouldn't say that i'm surprised uh, i've been trying to throw it more in games and i've like gradually become more comfortable with it and i think it's the most important pitch for me to throw right now because it's like it's a good counter to the riser because it's from the same arm angle mm-hmm. so i think i got to keep throwing that pitch uh is definitely the biggest thing i need to work on going mm-hmm. forward all right, I'll ask you a couple more questions. I'm still curious about a couple of things. And we, me and Dan have obviously talked uh, since this since this Oklahoma series. It was about a, uh, was about a month ago now, to the dot almost. But um, just some questions that come to mind slowly I never really talked about was compared to traveling, like for our only wiffle ball travel trips we've done prior to this are for tournaments, which if you guys have been to one, you know they're a great time. But like, how did that compare to that as from your personal standpoint? This is nothing against anyone who's come to a tournament versus coming to this series. Like, what are your thoughts in comparing the two experiences? Uh, honestly, I thought they're pretty similar. You know, we did, you know, it was, we tried to keep it as interactive as, as possible for the fans. You know, mm-hmm. we did the relay race. and Yeah, that was that was funny in the video, too. Yeah, that was really funny. Tommy had a nice one-liner there, but... Uh, <laughs> what did I say? Uh, they were just, they were taking it longer than you thought. They so were, you were saying you were taking, lo- it was longer than well, anticipated. The one kid, thought. I gave him a shout out last week. Brentley was like grabbing hey. the ball and throwing risers and sliders. Like, bro, just lob it in there. It's, dude, it. it's, it's harder than it looks, man. The strike uh, zone is small, but it is, it is. We, and they had, they had the MLW size strike zone, not the yeah, deluxe strike yeah, zone. Yeah, so it's hard getting used yeah, to. Yeah, so that was, it's a tougher thing to throw, but it was pretty funny. And we just pulled kids from the crowd, like right on the spot, and did that. It was Kyle's idea. It was a great idea. Shout out to Kyle. I would never have thought of something like that. And I thought it like played over really well in the videos and made it feel more like a real like baseball game experience. It was super funny. But yeah, there was people there for perspective. Um, thank you, Dan. If you need to go to do whatever you got to do in your busy life, you can go right ahead. Um, <laughs> There he goes. As soon as he comes in, he leaves. Thanks, he's, a, he's a mysterious guy. Your presence is always just love down here yeah. in the basement. But there was, um, there was to give Jack some context too. I don't know if Jack's heard all these details, but there was people who traveled from like out of state to come watch that series. People drive out from Texas for that. Wow. People flew in from, uh, I want to say Arkansas, 
People drove like three hours just that one day to come watch us. There were people that traveled there. That probably made up like only 40% of the crowd that you saw there. And then the rest were just like resort guests that either walked by and got curious or had like heard about it via the promotion at the resort itself and like checked us out. But it was really cool. Everyone seemed pretty entertained and like it was cool too that everyone played well. Yeah. Um, It was competitive. It wasn't boring. Like I said, there was there was action. I know everyone wanted to see a home run over the monster. People were like behind me at like little kids like anyone over anyone ever hit one over that monster. I was like, oh, not yet. Bang practice. And then right on cue. Sailor goes yard, so that was Sailor cool too. But that was one of the coolest parts of the series, and you kind of commented on it when it happened. But Dan throws the most disgusting oh, nut that was drop sick. I've ever seen. That was sick. That thing fell off a, yeah, an absolute table and, and hit the top, top pipe. pipe. <laughs> and the next at bat that Sailor That's had, so impressive. He threw. He basically throws in the same pitch. It was just like mm-hmm. a little bit. It was located a little bit differently, mm-hmm. and Sailor had kind of saw it at the at the previous at bat, and he mm-hmm. just. Smack that thing. Yeah, he's a he's a really good hitter. And um yeah, that was the very next pitch that Sailor yeah. saw. It was the first pitch of that bat, drop ball. And it's just impressive. And also you can kind of see he um like before he took that swing, when he got into the box, yeah, he, like, he's got like his kinda hands, lining up. He got where his he hands knows it was ready to be. hit for a drop ball. He, I totally <laughs> noticed that dude. That was insane. That was and that was a missile. That yeah, was an absolute missile. When he hits it, too. he gets all of it. He does for sure. Um yeah, great pitching. Clayton pitched well. Sailor yep. Once again, continues to amaze me out there. Yeah. The guys throw slower than any other like um, active pitcher in the league necessarily, like people that people rely on. Mm-hmm. And he's been just a gem out there for the Wildcats this year. Like that's huge. These wins that he's yeah. getting for the squad is absolutely unreal. Because last year, honestly, his Arsenal didn't like look that. His Arsenal looked similar last year to this year, like yeah. at first glance. But he must be locating the ball better. Well, I was going to say speeds better. You know, Something has changed yeah. because people cannot seem to adjust. It's crazy. Well, we talk all the time how much harder, like how hard it is to throw strikes, and we also obviously see these highlights of people like Dan mm-hmm. throwing these disgust, disgusting pitches. But there is something to say about being able to just consistently locate the ball and throw strikes, which mm-hmm. is pretty much what he's doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like he. Had a couple strikeouts where he's basically just looking at the bottom pipe on mm-hmm. the strike zone, and he's putting it – it's just coming off the ground and just hitting that bottom pipe, which is a really hard yeah. ball to hit. Like, mm-hmm. that's a strike, but you got to kind of go after that one to get it. You do. And I think, too, is the Wildcats are showing a pattern here of Kyle pitching game one, Sailor game two, and then Kyle game three. And I think that's worked out really well for them because neither of them throw extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And – I mean, they do have, they both have good stuff and they locate really well and they're consistent. But, like, we're not seeing Daniel Schultz knuckle drops or, like, Jimmy Norp drop balls or anything, like, insane from either one. Yep. Kyle Schultz's screwball is very good. He at had times, a really nasty changeup. Yeah. On yeah. Yeah. That yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. They both do a good job of mixing it up. Yeah. But, like, because there's a difference there in the arsenals, the fact that you're, like, say you're in your third or fourth at bat against Kyle in the first game and then Sailor comes in, now you got to adjust to Sailor. Then by the third inning, maybe you're getting used to Sailor again, and then all of a sudden Kyle's back in. Right. So it's just like it's tough to adjust to this Wildcats team. I think that's why they've been so dominant on the mound. I don't know. And Dan even comment commented on it at the end. He was like, you know, I think we started to figure out Kyle a little mm-hmm. bit there in the end. And mm-hmm. if if like you said, if Kyle goes back to back in those yeah. games, maybe it's like the first inning or the second inning that they're really getting after him. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. since he has Sailor and Sailor has been been playing well and playing confident. You know that they're able to sort of break that up and uh, give that off off speed change to those batters. Mm-hmm. That sort of you know makes them have to adjust. I know and the Eagles are a good team too. Like, yeah, they're this, definitely no this, slouch at all. This league is getting to the point where we have a lot of good hitters in the league, and one pitcher, as we saw in last year's postseason, might not be enough to get you through a postseason just because people are going to adjust. So if I'm the Wildcats right now, if Sailor continues to throw like this, I have trouble justifying not throwing him out there for a postseason game maybe if you notice a team is starting to get to Kyle I don't know that's just me it's a tough decision as a manager or even the approach that we've discussed before of having like a closer closer. you know like if Kyle gets out of some jams but they're kind of getting after him in the Mm -hmm. first two innings maybe he throws Mm -hmm. Sailor out there for the third inning just to kind of throw him off that still is not being utilized in this league and it's only a matter of time it's always in the cards to to me it's in the cards and it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when someone's going to do it and maybe it'll be disastrous. Maybe it'll be great. We don't know until we see it. But um, I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with just guys getting into rhythms. It is hard to throw strikes. 
And uh, it's just a risk. It's something new, and someone's got to take the leap of faith. Someone's got to jump. Someone's got to be the pioneer. Someone's got to be the pioneer. It's one of those things where it's like, as a manager, if you did that and it worked perfectly, you just look like a genius. Yeah. But then it could just go the complete opposite mm-hmm. way, and you're like, how could this manager make that call? You know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, well, sometimes you got to take risk. Risk our reward. Hey, you know, if your plan doesn't work out, people call you insane. If your plan works out. You're genius. There's, a, there's right. a quote. I forget the exact wording, but something along the lines of that. Like that. When your plans are developing, people think you're crazy, and then when they see the final product, sometimes you're a genius. Yep. You call MLW. They go, well, how did I not have this idea? MLW has turned into one of those situations right now in front of our own eyes, Jack. That's right. Over the years. That's right. Wiffle ball, a plastic toy. All of a sudden. Literally like a $5 pickup Five ninety nine. your local sporting goods yeah. store. You never know. Anything's possible. Kids. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> to the moon. A podcast about wiffle ball. To the moon. To the moon. We're taking this thing to the moon. I, um, you guys are the core fans here. You're the, the listeners here, I consider you guys a great core. And I, I put a thing on the, uh, when the Oklahoma video went up, because I wanted video, I mean, I want every video to get the views and the appreciation and everything, but when something like that cool happens, like, I really, really want, like, it to get the recognition it deserves, because sometimes I feel stuff doesn't get it, sometimes I feel stuff gets too much of it. It just really depends. And uh, so I put a thing on our on our Instagram story, pipe it up MLW about like hammer the like button, guys. And I appreciate every one of you guys who goes and does that. You guys are our army. Oh yeah. These the fans that are listening to my voice right now are the MLW army that we need hammering that like button week that's in true. and week out. That's got to be that's got to be a new. We got to have that merch shirt. MLW the army. army <laughs> the some army. cool design. The army. <laughs> the army. That'd be cool. The army. This the this is like, I don't know what's. I guess the, l- the lieutenants of the army are in the Discord. This, these are the troops. Yeah, the infantry here. This is the front lines. This is the front lines. Is, yeah, <laughs> 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 lieutenants are in the Discord. But um, yeah. All right, let's get to this week's ad read. We got another ad read this week, and it is a unique one at that. Hey, the backyard football league. Oh boy, what? This is a three-on-three flag football league based out of New England. Dating back to fall of 2019, over 25 unique teams featuring over 150 different athletes have competed to win the all-coveted title of BFL champions. Varying from 8 to 16 teams competing the past three years, our league features a mix of returning and new teams each season. This past summer, 10 teams battled it out for the title. All videos can be found on their Instagram, at Official Backyard Football. It's a clean at. That's a clean Instagram at. Stay tuned. The Super Bowl video will be coming out Saturday, August 21st. Is this like flag football? This is backyard flag football three-on-three. I, l- I clicked on it today. That sounds it's awesome. Pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. I'm that sounds honest. freaking awesome. So, guys, go check them out, um, and we'll be hearing more from them later on this podcast as well as the weeks progress. <sighs> All righty, Jack. We could, I wanted to touch more on the Oklahoma series. I kind of have a good story. Should we get into it? Although it's related to it, we could get into a little tale real. Let's do it. There's a cumulonimbus coming in from the western front. <laughs> All right, this week I'm coming after our boy Nick Saylor, who we've been talking about on this podcast. Absolute menace on the field. Great guy. Cyborg. As everybody in the league. Absolute great he's guy. He's not real. He's yeah, a robot. He's CGI, if he's you guys CGI, remember. CGI, if you didn't know. But um, he had probably the most memorable experience of anybody on this Oklahoma trip. And the reason being, as you may have heard in the mic up session, this kid had never flown in his life. He had never been on a plane before. Yeah, that's wild to me. That is wild. I mean, I haven't been on too many planes either, but like, I think because, like, did you fly when you were pretty young, I'm assuming? Yeah. I, um, one of the very first flights was actually like uh an, an international flight oh, for like wow. a, a family reunion that we had mm-hmm. down in mexico so mm-hmm. from a young age i definitely did my fair share of long road trips where a mm-hmm. flight would have been much appreciated yeah, I've driven you know back. what i mean but uh i was exposed to flying at a young age I, i've never had an issue with it yeah i really haven't flown a whole lot either i've flown to florida maybe twice i've also driven there twice i think with my family personally i've never driven that far person my father's drive personally is to Omaha, Nebraska. For I drove. I've series. driven to Florida probably plus plus ten times. But personally, you have or a family? Uh, no, not myself actually yeah. driving, but like yeah, in yeah, the yeah. road trip, yeah, I was I've, in the yeah, car. Yeah. yeah, me too. So I've done some road trips too. But I've done some flights, and like my first flight, I was probably young and don't even remember it. So I was never like something I was like scared of or curious about or like didn't yeah. know about. I was just familiar with it. So Sailor, on the other hand, did not have this experience. So 
I heard it was his first flight prior to the week, and I'm like, oh, Sido, that's awesome, your first time flying? And he's like, yeah, man, I could tell he was looking forward to it, but I could tell he's a little nervous. I mean, you probably would be. You're a little yeah. skeptical. You're skeptical of anything new. Mm-hmm. It's always a little bit challenging. So we get him to the airport. We're going through security. We're checking off the boxes. You know, he's getting the experience. I'm, I'm happy for the kid. You know, this is cool. When you get to bring someone who you didn't even know a couple years ago on a trip like this, we know it's going to be memorable. We're excited for the week, and he's excited just like to go through the airport. I'm like, this is going to be so awesome. <laughs> so we get him to the airport. We're loading the plane. He's, he's getting the hang of things, and then... Um, we take off, and so to give you guys a little bit of a context, um, and f- we're, is it, this is a plane with four seats, or no, four? Yeah, I think it was four seats per row, two and two, okay? And um, on the right-hand side of this of this row, it is Daniel and myself, and then behind us is Ryan Kelly and Nick Saylor. Oh, so it's not a big plane then, really? This is not a big plane. Yeah. I mean, it's a 20-rower. It's a okay. I, don't, I don't really know, but anyway... Um, so those are the four of us kind of in a little pod on the right-hand side of this plane. And take off, not too bad. We're in the air. So I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And then, you know, I love looking out the window and seeing the views and stuff of the airplane. Do you, are you into that kind of uh, stuff? Yeah, I, I think I it's do. the coolest thing. It never I actually old. have so much fun flying. Yeah, like, I, I do feel too. so, it doesn't even really matter where I'm going or what I'm doing. I just feel like Which is crazy to think about. or like, just like, it's like time important. travel almost sometimes. <laughs> like, especially when you actually go through yeah, time zones. You do. You it's kind of wild. Gain some time. Yeah, I, I really think it's weird how like you like feel the takeoff, and then all of a sudden you look over and you're like, "Whoa, we're like so yeah. high right now." And you think about like how high your body actually is, and like what you've gone through that day. Like I soared through the air at 400 to 500 miles an hour and got to my destination. It's crazy, insane. So I'm like taking in the views next to me. I'm like, "Sailor, look outside. You can see like the water and stuff." Yeah, the Wright brothers, absolutely. <laughs> um, what Orville and something else, right? Orville and Redenbacher. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, crap. I don't know. I don't, I don't know remember the names. other guy. Someone tell us their names in the DMs. <laughs> um, anyway, we're getting off track. So Sailor immediately closes the window. He's not into it, and I'm like, oh no, is he scared? I'm, I'm now. I'm like anxious for him. I'm like, I hope he's like having a good time. I don't want him to be miserable this whole flight. And we had a connecting flight too, mm-hmm. so we're gonna have two flights on the way there, two flights on the way back. I'm like, this kid's gonna be miserable if he doesn't like this, but he seems calm. He's keeping it together back there. And then um, we get up in the air, the seatbelt indicator turns off, and I think, okay, we're good to go. He settled in, him and Ryan are chatting, and um, we're good to go. And I've, I've uh, before we get into this next part, have you ever experienced like a turbulent flight or anything? Oh, a little bit. You know, I've had definitely the turbulence where you hear people like, hoo, hoo, like yeah. that, but not like, you know, people like sobbing and I stuff. love that like, imitation. Yeah, but that's pretty, a- you know what I mean? You definitely, you get some just like, people. oh, like, yeah, what you was get that? Some yeah, but it, it can nothing, be nothing like too bad. I don't mind like the side to side turbulence, but like when you yeah. get like the tummy swirls, like a roller coaster, like it's irritating. Like, yeah. You can't sleep, can't do anything. So I've had one turbulent flight prior to this. Like that was actually like pretty bad. Seatbelt indicator turns back on, maybe a half hour into this flight. It's not a long flight, maybe two and a half hours, not even. And, man, it got bumpy, like really bumpy. And this plane was loud. Like when I say our bodies are getting jerked back and forth, I mean like 24-7, probably an hour straight, there was not a single span of probably three seconds or more where your body wow. didn't get thrashed in the direction. Flight. It was the roughest flight I've ever been on. And in my head, obviously, this I was, was the first one? Yeah, this was the first flight of the weekend. The rest mm-hmm. were fine. And in my head, like, the turbulence is starting. We're kind of getting into it. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope Sailor's not nervous. All this stuff, he's already closing his window. And then he's kind of like, oh, what was that? He kind of did the thing you were talking about. And yeah. Ryan's like, oh, it's all right, man. That's just turbulence. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it happens all the time. And then, like, <laughs> it starts getting really bad. And I'm, like, laughing at Daniel. And I could, like, Sailor's just silent behind us. And then we go to, like, a really bad patch, like, 10 seconds. We're just like, it's going crazy. And then Ryan, totally calm, just goes, like, Sorry, dude, this is totally normal. Happens on every flight. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan is playing this off, trying to keep Sailor so calm. And Sailor's like, all right, all right. He's just going along with it. That's a good teammate right Again, it's just horrible. And then Ryan's like, yeah, it's fine, man. This is just flying. It's how it goes. And Sailor's like, yeah, this is like a roller coaster. Because I said that kind of as a joke beforehand. And I felt so bad. It was horrible. So we're getting through it. It's dicey. I'm getting tummy swirls. I can't sleep. I can't do anything. I'm basically just hoping this ends for the poor kid behind me going through his first flying experience. And by God's power, we, uh, we make it to our destination. That was Houston, Texas. Um, we touched down. It was actually a smooth touchdown, which was cool. We had bumpier ones later in the trip. 
We touch down, we gather our things, get off the plane, and as soon as we get off, we're all like, Sailor Man, we'll be, we were being quiet and nice, but that was the worst flight we've ever <laughs> been on in entire lives. He's like, really? We're like, yeah, dude, it's not usually that bad at all. And he's like, so, he was like so relieved. I could tell he was stressed out. Well, yeah. He was and, so And relieved. also, if that's his first one. Yeah, like, and I'm thinking in my head, like, this poor kid's probably thinking, oh my god, I have three more flights to go here, and this is yeah. awful. So there wasn't anyone like screaming. But he or got crying. the worst one out of the way. Like you guys have are obviously at least somewhat experienced flyers. Yeah. And for you to say that's the worst flight we've yeah, been on, that's like, true. That, that made almost should have made him feel a little bit better. There was like a woman in front of me who was talking like her parents, like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And you know, people like brace themselves, like, yeah. um, they they do all kinds of things. And I, mean, I don't blame him. It was bumpy. But he looked so much more relieved did the, after Did everyone that. clap when the plane landed? No, but we were saying that it should be. A, we clapped. Our group clapped. clapped. Our group clapped. And yeah. I was like, we should clap every time. This is incredible. It, this is an incredible feat of engineering here. We should be clapping every time. Yeah, I've been on flights in America where some people clap. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just like no one claps. Like, that's your job, I guess. You landed the plane. Mm-hmm. But when I was, when <laughs> I, when I was flying that's in Europe job. on my trip to Europe a couple summers ago, every single flight, every person claps really? every time so in europe that's a thing. every time yeah i don't know if it's it's got to be somewhat of a cultural thing but i mean i know like the pilot there's like a lot of things that are pretty simple when you're day-to-day but like there are times when skillful maneuvers are required and there's yeah. some incredible pilots out there and i don't think there's anything wrong with clapping for someone clap, doing a great dude. job i, I clap shamelessly people are looking at me and i'm like I'm if clapping you can for the pilot. if you can pull this massive metal bird up in the air people, like you said people's with people lives on depending it, on going 500 miles an hour and then just basically all landing is is just like a controlled fall controlled much. crash it's literally a controlled <laughs> yeah. crash so you're control crashing this metal bird this mm-hmm. massive metal bird into the ground i think that deserves like a couple claps. I, I agree it does yeah. i think it's a very very it's essential to we take it for granted put it that we way. do we take it for granted and um so yeah i clapped we all clapped shamelessly and we did it all weekend long. Like I know, I the, the MLW crowd of ten started to get a little thin towards the end of the weekend on the claps. But me and Waylon, <laughs> we were still clapping. Good, but, um, good man. Our second flight of the day from Houston to Tulsa was like smooth as butter. Like it couldn't have been any better. It was like a smooth takeoff, not an ounce of turbulence, and smooth landing. And I was like, that's how flying yeah. normally is. And he's like, okay, that wasn't bad at all. Yeah. So we got him warmed up. Um, next two flights home weren't too bad. We had a couple like harsh landings that's kind of normal though well, that's what i'm saying every it's land- literally a control it's crash. crash yeah every landing is a little like you're waiting for it waiting for it, and that's like boom yeah you hit but shout out to sailor yeah, um, and that was shout just the beginning Nick. the beginning for that kid i mean he had a great time and i was i was catering to him i was like i want to make sure sailor has a great time because once again like daniel had his friend group and i had ryan kelly who i've been friends with for a long time and kyle who i've known since we were three and so like i i knew sailor wouldn't feel like an outsider necessarily but like he didn't have anyone like where he's like you know super tight right. with on this trip with him so i i knew he was big into golf so like we did a lot of golfing with him wiffle ball he had his first like fan interactions people were super into it he was making friends at the resort like he just had a great time and i was super happy for him i wish i wish i wish and i hope and i will work towards getting everyone in the league an experience like we had in oklahoma yeah it looked really awesome it was cool it was cool you, and it was you, unique. Uh, you mentioned the golf and mm-hmm. I saw some of the other activities there in the mm-hmm. video. Who was like the who were the stud golfers? Not me. Not you. Well, especially last year I started to get decent because I was putting in a lot of work. But now I you know, I have a job plus wiffle ball, plus I was injured. So I literally hadn't swung a golf club until I got there this summer and I played accordingly. I still had yeah. a great time though. But Sailor and Kelly are the two are the two good golfers in, in but you know that, that they were in my golf cart. Our foursome okay. was me, Kyle, Kelly, and Sailor. Um, all the Eagles play a fair amount of golf, I think, and I think they're all decent. But um, I was putting my money on Kelly early on, and Sailor he proved. I've heard to have, Ryan's got some games. Sailor proved to have the stamina on the golf course this weekend. It was hot out there. We were sweating on hole number one, and towards you know the back nine, that kid was killing it. Consistent drives, decent on the greens. I mean, he just has a, good, has a nice, clean stroke, kind of like his wiffle ball swing. Nice yeah. and clean, nothing too fancy. It's not overly hard. It's just consistent and clean. Yeah, sometimes the it's weird. Like I feel like ho- hockey players are naturally kind of good at golf just because the way you shoot a hockey mm-hmm. puck almost translates like with your mm-hmm. hip, hip transfer kind of, like yeah. the same as golf. But I feel like baseball, it's either yeah. like they're – like they can figure it out mm-hmm. or they just are so locked in with the baseball swing that's different from a so, golf swing. Yes. And so, it makes them it like 
I think it honestly messes with me sometimes in the summer playing all this wiffle ball. Like, might, I, like this summer, might. I've struggled so much to get off the tee. Like all mm-hmm. around the greens, I've been doing great, but getting off the tee has been my kryptonite. And I was playing with my uncle actually over the weekend, and he's like, mm-hmm. "You're swinging it like you're swinging a baseball bat." Yeah. I'm like, "That probably makes sense because <laughs> that's hey, all I'm doing." All he's summer. locked in. He's locked in, yeah. baby. <laughs> Wands up. Yeah. Um, but no, I would actually love to hear from the listeners on this because I know we have a lot of baseball players who listen. Yeah. Let us know and like when I, when I post the episode 58 um, graphic on Instagram, let me know down below how that's gone for you if you're a baseball player and a golfer or going from one to the other because I was a guy who never really swung a golf club until after high school. I was baseball, baseball, baseball. And yeah, I could make great contact with a golf ball mm, right out of the bat, right off the bat, like seven out of ten times, so pretty good for like a first-time mm-hmm. swinger. But everything was just straight to the right. My club face was always open because you're used to like that inside-out swinging baseball type of thing, keeping mm-hmm. your hands in and stuff like that. And just the way that my palms were lined up and stuff like that. But then, like you said, because my swing path was like pretty good and I already had like the good rhythm and like decent weight transfer. Hand-eye, too. Like once like... I figured out how to get the club face closed, like I was hitting the ball pretty pretty nicely last year. Yeah. But then I stopped playing for a year and then that's what happened. Gotta, but I'm pretty yeah, confident I can practice. I can get back into it no problem once i'm healthy and have some dedicate some more time in my hands for i mean I, sure. I could make time for golf but i just choose i just have chose not to do other it's, and do other things but well like we talked about last time not only is time money yeah right but golf is expensive <laughs> and it's also <laughs> takes a lot of time you know what i mean so it's double trouble it's a double jeopardy we're, yeah we're good you got to really be like committed yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. no you're totally right it's no joke it was so funny we were up north um this is just a talking about expensive and i have a funny story but um we were up north this past weekend for a couple of days and my sister's boyfriend was up there and he's a big golfer and he wanted to go hit the range just just hit a couple of balls and stuff like that and what do you think your average driving costs for maybe if you play for 30 minutes five ten bucks is that what you'd guess I'd like are you say oh just like a time or like the amount of balls no, just the you amount hit. of balls you hit say like yeah probably hour, 10 bucks 10 bucks so this is a it's a decent golf club and resort i mean it's it's i want to say the rounds like 70 bucks or so there but the driving range is usually free i've gone and hit balls there for free he paid $25 to go on the driving range. He stayed for like three hours because he was so mad. What? Isn't that crazy? I mean, golf. Well, if he if he stayed there for three hours, I feel like. Well, he got his money's worth. Yeah. I mean, who wants to just hit balls for three hours? Yeah, I, that's I wouldn't tough. want to. That's um, tough. But golf, you got to know people. You got to know people to get you on for free. That's the key to golf. That is the key. If you're a young golfer Sometimes out there. it's not what you know. It's who you it's know. It's absolutely who you know in the world of golf. If, if you're a young golfer out there who's looking to golf, excuse me, golf more, you got to either work at a golf course, have buddies who work at golf courses, or both. Yep. Double trouble once again. Mm-hmm. Gotta, One of my gotta, buddies actually worked as like a caddy. And mm-hmm. he said it was like pretty cool, and obviously yeah. got all the perks. If of you love the, the sport, it's like stuff. one of the best places to work. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. All right, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, right out of the break here, we are going into the cue of the day. Cue, 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 cue. Of the day. This week's cue of the day is something that's uh, not too complex, but um, it's definitely a talking point, something we never really talked about before on this podcast. And it comes from Austin Platt on Instagram. He is a platter underscore. If you would like to submit a question for cue of the day, please DM us at pipe it up MLW on Instagram. Austin's question is how hard is it to keep a secret the World Series before the YouTube video comes out and all the public knows? That's a pretty interesting topic to me. What do you think, Jack? It's it's pretty hard. I've never been in a World Series, so I guess <laughs> I wouldn't know. But just you know, along the same lines of the fact that the YouTube is a little bit behind, obviously, real time. Mm-hmm. It's very challenging because... Especially when something good happens to you, you want to be able I to know, tell people. I know, you're so excited. And you have to kind of think like, well, you know, there are a lot of people that watch this. Mm-hmm. Word gets around. Word does so get I around. don't want to be the person. Takes one bad I don't want to be the person to, you know, leak it. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, is it is a little bit um, troubling, but you find ways to work around it. I will say this about this question is um, I wouldn't consider it to be too troubling in the past. 
I wouldn't consider it to be too troubling in the past, but you know what's made it really difficult, Jack? Is the tournaments. Because the tournaments that we host are always, like, we always get a great crowd, and I think it's a good timing of the year to do it, is, like, mid to late August, as we have our tournaments coming up this weekend and the next one. Um, and this is, like, crunch time. Like, we're about to get into the playoffs, postseason's coming up. So there's a lot happening, and, like, a lot of players are excited about a lot of things. And the first question that every kid's asked is, how's your team doing? Who's in the World Series? Who's in the playoffs? And I was like, ah, I can't tell you. Yeah. And, like, it's so worth the wait, you know what I mean? So that's the one thing that's, like, troublesome, and I wish we could, like, tell everybody everything because obviously they want to know, and I've been fans of things, and I want to know what's happening, too, behind the scenes. But the reality is that the way we are distributing this content that we are creating um, is exciting. It's proven to be successful. Mm -hmm. And at our current capacity, it's about all we are capable of at this moment in time. And this is just a fact of life is that you're going to have to wait and you'll be happy you did, because once again, another absolutely madness. Once again, absolute madness is unfolded in the second half of the season, and uh, I can't wait to what the postseason brings as well. It's incredible. I mean, you guys should think of it like this, right? All the football fans out there, you know, maybe, I guess you do get, like, Thursday night football, but you always got to wait, right? Mm-hmm. You always got to wait for Sunday. It always comes around. Sunday morning, you, know, you wake once up. A week. Sunday morning, it's so awesome. Friday morning, you guys wake up. You're ready to get after the day, and mm-hmm. you're knowing once 4 o'clock hits around, you're going to have an absolute banger of a YouTube video mm-hmm. to watch. Um, so I think it's good. I think it's good, too. I, I like it. It keeps things uh, consistent, keeps things flowing. And uh, like I said, it's worth the wait. You guys know that. And when the time the postseason comes around, you won't have a doubt in your mind. All right, we reached a point in the podcast where we've discussed with football, we've discussed questions, we've discussed some plain stories, and now it's just time for Jack and I to talk the talk. Walk the walk. Be a couple boys here and chat amongst this bonfire that is a gray folding table and a laptop and a vitamin water. So <laughs> filled with water. Jack, uh, first of all, how you been doing? Any updates since last week? Um, nothing major. Caught a pretty nice fish nice. actually. Um, last week that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I was scrolling on Pipe It Up's pod, uh, like the Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. I saw you posted a picture there on a fish A fish, time. I did, yeah, because it was, it was, it was relevant ago, to a story. Relevant yeah, to a story. relevant to a story, okay. Um, but yeah, I mentioned earlier, did a little bit of golfing over the weekend, a mm-hmm. um, little family golf outing. We had 18 people, Ooh. so it was pretty fun. Um, didn't hit them as well as I wanted to, <laughs> but the there's always room often. for improvement. Obviously, you know, there were good shots that'll keep me coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how about you, Tom? You got anything? Anything? Any uh, updates? You know, I had a pretty lax weekend. I had a pretty, I had a pretty um, laid back weekend. I didn't want to put any, I was trying to de stress for a day. Trying to de stress for a day. And so Friday evening, I went to the Tigers game with my family, trying to yep. see Miggy's 500th home run. If you guys didn't know, Miguel Cabrera going for number 500 on the career. So that's pretty exciting. Good crowd there. Had a good time. Um, Saturday turned into a day of chores, unfortunately. Oof. But I actually I, had, I went grocery shopping, too, on Saturday. I, went, yeah, I was I, like, what am I doing grocery shopping? I, I went Saturday. grocery shopping, too, because a lot of food that I wanted was not at my house. Hashtag adulthood. Yep. So I went grocery shopping. Then I cut the lawn. Then I cleaned the house. It was a mess, and my mom was out of town, so I didn't want to come home to a messy home. Took the dog out for a little stroll. Um, what else did I do? I had a personal chore to do. I can't remember. Another thing. Just, I did chores. Oh, I worked out, and then I had to straighten up a couple things, too. So I didn't like get to like hit the couch till like 3 or 4 o'clock, but mm-hmm. overall I had, a, I had a pretty relaxing day. And then Sunday I was able to chill out because, as you guys know, well, first of all, usually we have wiffle ball almost every day on the weekends, but mm-hmm. the Schultzes had to go to a wedding this weekend, so I was like, oh my gosh, I got some free time for once. So I wanted to like take it easy, take a breather, clear my mind, and um, now we're back at it full speed ahead here with two tournaments back-to-back coming up, so I'm ready to go. Yeah. Race ready, I got my rest. Another thing I'm really excited about is that Football is officially back. I know. We are in the preseason. I'm excited about fantasy. Doing all the mock drafts, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I actually realized that I like watching the preseason a lot. First off, shout out um, Tom Tom Kennedy. Oh, yeah. You know him, uh, He's a friend of mine. I played lacrosse with him at Mm Bryan. He played football there. He He led the... Led the uh, team in their first game in receptions and yards, That's I think, so too. so sweet. So he, he, he went beast mode, so shout out him. But football's back. I was going to say, I think the preseason is 
really entertaining to watch because although it's not necessarily like high scoring games and stuff and you see the teams like still trying to figure themselves out it's kind of cool just to watch and know that these guys are literally battling for thousands of dollars right like this they is are. like their livelihood Life and their death. job and people i feel like sometimes disrespect the preseason because i mean at the end of the day it doesn't really matter but that's what mm -hmm. they are doing is competing so i think it's 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 fun to watch in that sense and overall i'm just stoked that football is back big football fan i'm a big football fan too mostly because of fantasy football yeah i've gotten into it so much over the last couple of years and uh we got a pretty good league going with a lot of mlw guys kyle and i faced off in the semis last year let you Ooh. guys guess who won. And <laughs> it was me. But um, I'm sure we'll have some great matchups again once head. again. Yeah, I got lucky, to be honest. But I look forward to it. And uh, you guys keep me up to date in the comments on how you guys' fantasy teams are doing. There's definitely skill involved. But at the end of the day, you gotta you, your cards got to fall into play. It's, like, it's, it's both. A lot it's, both. Of luck. Yeah, it's, both. it's both. It's like a lot but, of things, honestly. Yeah. Baseball, I consider football to be a sport like that, too, where like things need to go your way. But baseball, too, like... Yeah. Baseball's a game. Wiffle ball is a game of one pitch, one at bat. Things can change so fast. And yeah, you, you got to be a great team. And you need a couple things to fall your way. And, That's if right. you're, and great teams hopefully can afford for things to not go in their direction and still be okay. And but hopefully, um, great teams can sort of create their own luck in a way. Mm -hmm. Okay, they can put themselves in situations to get lucky. Yeah, exactly. Because it's one thing to just get lucky, but it's another thing to be in the right spot to get lucky. Luck tends to bend on the ones in motion, Jack. It's a fact. Ooh, it's a fact. That's a good quote. Now, Jack and I were talking during the break here about um, something to excite the listeners. And speaking of football, Jack, imagine it's Sunday. It's a, it's a September Sunday. Football's back up again. You're excited for the day. Naturally. You're ready to just turn into an absolute couch potato for six to seven hours, flip on NFL Red Zone. Mm -hmm. First thing you do is grab yourself a big old 72-ounce, whatever your favorite drink is, whether it be a Mountain Dew, a water, Maybe a Gatorade, whatever you, whatever you like to drink. Okay. Then you head to the pantry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what are you What are you going for in there? And I'm I'm talking about it can be any kind of chip, any kind of snack, a candy even. What okay. What are you What are you going for on your NFL Sunday? Give me your perfect NFL Sunday. My perfect NFL Sunday. So, this is a no brainer for me. It's gonna be the Crock-Pot chili that's been cooking for the last six hours <laughs> oh, that my chili. dad made. Because uh, that was basically my all my Sundays growing up was mm -hmm. just uh, binge eating and binge watching football all Sunday and just getting bowl after bowl yeah, of this chili. chili. That sounds amazing. Um, can I come over? <laughs> yeah, you can. I'll make you some this time. Now I've gotten to the age where it's like okay. i got to make the chili. Yeah, so. sad. Sad part of growing up. How about you, though? What are you going for? <sighs> Well, for me, I'm a lame guy, so I will be drinking water, first of all. But oh, then, yeah. My drink would probably be not a big pop guy. I'd probably go with just, like, iced tea. Iced tea? Yeah. That's probably what I'd be my second choice. But I'm getting I'm getting the water. I'm getting my favorite spot on the couch, a little chair and a half, I think they call them, with a little ottoman in front of it. Um, I, first of all, I don't want anyone around me. I want to be alone. I don't okay. want any. I don't want any too overly hyped football fans. I don't want Debbie Downers in the room. I want to be able to relax, enjoy some football, and cheer on my fantasy squad. But I'm going for probably. I'm honestly probably hitting something a little hardy first. If it's one o'clock, I'm going for. I'm going for some meat in the diet. Okay. I'm going for the. the I'm going for the Saturday night leftover. Maybe some leftover chicken okay. breast. Maybe some baked beans. Maybe a little. Uh, what will be a good side flat. Even corn, some vegetables, maybe? corn, broccoli. Like, I'm talking a meal. That's yeah. at 1 p.m. I'm getting ready. Right. Okay, then in the afternoon's winding down. I'm, I'm getting bored. The 1 p.m. games are wrapping up. I'm getting tired. The witching hour. The lions are getting killed. Yep. It's like I'm ready. I'm getting miserable here. I need my 4 p.m. guys to get going. So then I get up, refill my water, go back to the pantry, and I'm looking for nacho cheese Doritos. That's been my all-time favorite chip since the okay. beginning of time. I might, Very I might even, if I'm feeling extra hungry, I might even go for a Hershey's cookies and cream bar. Wow. A little dessert for the You're Doritos. You're going to dabble with some ice I might, cream? I might even go for a little cookies and cream Hershey bar. Oh, just like a chocolate the bar. The chocolate bar, but mm. the cookies and cream one. But okay. Ice cream, Okay. that's maybe the nightcap. I was going to say ice dough. cream in the mid-afternoon, Tom. I mean, you're hoping that, you're hoping that uh, mom comes home, cooks you a little Sunday meal. Sunday night football, you get that ice cream and oh, yeah. you just you just enjoy it and hopefully the fantasy team's already clinched by then. You're feeling good about your weekend. But that, me, I'm a I'm a big Dak Prescott guy. 
So okay. usually he's Sunday night football prime time. So I'm yeah. always on the edge of my seat until then. But see, you said like you want to just kind of chill mm-hmm. and relax or whatever, and like you know, kind of be alone. Mm-hmm. When I am watching, like if I'm watching Red Zone and just mm-hmm. like or just like all the other games, not the Lions, well, that's what I'm doing. Is I'm just kind of yeah. chilling, hanging mm-hmm. out, monitoring my guys, lineup, you know, seeing what's going on. But when I'm watching the Lions, if there's <laughs> someone, if there's game. someone in the room that's uh not rooting for the lions and mm-hmm. i'm kicking them out yeah and i'm also probably not sitting down like at all really cool. like i'm standing i'm probably way too excited for you yeah. like to be watching the game with you mm-hmm. like i'm yelling probably yeah. things i should be yeah. yelling so that's probably we probably wouldn't enjoy gaming together too no much. no because i think i've been poisoned by i went from one extreme to the next my childhood tradition before baseball got more serious and i was playing fall ball on sundays which kind of sucked to be honest but um, it'd be my dad and I, he, he, dad say, hey, Tommy, come on, let's watch the Lions game. I say, oh, oh, sure, dad, let's go watch the game. I'm <laughs> excited. Let's go. Let's make some popcorn and watch the game. <laughs> Within five minutes, he's asleep. He's next to me sleeping, snoring, and I'm just oh, sitting there oh, alone. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is great. My team sucks. My dad's asleep. I'm going to go over the shoulders now. That's how it would go every week. Yep. Then I went to college there. living with Noah Daverko, mm. one of the more obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> outspoken Lions fans I've ever met in my entire life. And he just screams all game long. Yeah, that's It's like, me. dude, I can't even enjoy this because I'm like self-conscious about people that are living next to us because you're screaming at the top <laughs> of your lungs about a team that probably sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not that serious. So, red zone with the boys is a good time. Yeah. I, I should have I said that first. But Lions games, man, no, I'm sorry, but I don't think I can watch any more games with you. I mean, I just can't. I can't take it. Well, Noah, if you're listening to this, you can come over to my you place anytime, and we can get rowdy watching the Lions mm-hmm. game. I just need to sit there. I mean, I, I definitely I feel emotion with the Lions, but I don't like to show it too much. I'm not a real, like, especially at home, I don't like to get too emotional for sports games. I kind of just try to sit and watch, and everything's internal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'll watch the game with people. I mean, I watched every game this season with Noah and my roommates and stuff, and we had a great time, but... Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, Noah, dude, you gotta you gotta relax, buddy. We're in we're in dead last place here. This is this is meaningless and you're getting rowdy. Well, one of my buddies is uh so like I like I said, you know, if no one's rooting for the Lions, then I don't really want them there, right? But yeah. I'll root for my friends' teams, right? Like if their team is on and they're watching, like I'll root for them with them. Unless I, you know, have some reason if I have a fantasy, fantasy. player on the other team or something, but my dad informed me, one of my roommates is from California as a San Francisco fan, mm. 49ers. And my dad informed me like last year that he basically just grew up as a 49ers fan because his dad was from California. Yeah, that makes total sense. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like, what the heck? Yeah, like, well, <laughs> I could have been a 49ers <laughs> yeah, fan this whole totally time, but for some reason like well, we so, rooted for the so Lions. So that brings me to the question, Jack, is if you have, say you move to Georgia. Where yeah. you settle down in Georgia with the misses, you got a family of four, you're having just a you got the picket fence, you got everything. Yep. Do you raise your son to be a Lions fan or do you raise him as a Falcons fan? What no. do you do? Oh, well, he's gonna be a Lions fan okay. at heart for sure. But I mean which is why I'm kinda disappointed in my mm-hmm. dad for not making me a four fan. Like but I'm taking him to Falcons games, you know, and we'll probably Root for the Falcons for just because it'd be hard not to while we're there, especially if they're good. But I'm a, if it's I just can't imagine rooting for anybody else. No, if it's Lions Falcons, it's I'm wearing all my Lions. Yeah, stuff. exactly. And the kids rooting for the Lions, or else he probably is going to be outside <laughs> mowing the lawn instead of watching TV. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good to hear. But yeah, but like that could go down for generations. I mean, you could be oh yeah six cities removed from Detroit, and but nope, my nope, my great great grandfather Jack Agner, they called him Swagner, Internet Legend. So it was a Lions fan, die hard, yep. and uh, now we root for the Lions. I mean, that's what I want out of my. I want, right. I want my grandkids wearing the silver and the silver and blue, Honolulu yeah. blue, baby. Generations. If your last name is Agner, you better be rooting for. Yeah, the Lions, man. Yeah, the silver. Ride or and blue. die. Ride or die. Forward down but the field. As we got into this, <laughs> a Lions team that will not yield. Great song. Great fight. Great song. song. Lions fans, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, okay. We've talked a lot about Oklahoma this week. Mr. Kamish just strolled down into the studio, and uh, I would love to have him say a few words about this trip. Kyle, you can take it away. Stage is yours. First of all, how you doing, Tom? 
Haven't we're seen good. in a while. We're good. I know. We've been busy. You've been busy. I know. Me, me and Kyle, like, because we're <laughs> with each other a lot at Wiffle Ball, we don't really get a lot of leisure time together. No, not even I on s- the days you come over for the podcast. Like, no. I'm currently inputting the schedule for the Midwest Slugfest, which is coming up this weekend. So this is like my 20-minute break of not doing yeah, that. Yeah, funny story for you guys. Usually... Mr. or Mrs. Schultz will let us in, and me and Jack just walk downstairs, <laughs> record, and leave. We don't even see Kyle or it's Daniel. It's such a positive environment. You guys are like family at this point. You just come on, yeah, stroll in my, in. Bu- my basement. But yeah, so me and Kyle don't get to hang out too much. Uh, winter we do. It's different. But but I wanted to give you the floor here. Dan already gave his input on the Oklahoma series, as did Jack and I. Um, as the commissioner of this prestigious league, uh, what, what, what was that experience like looking back on it now a month later? Are we when talking, about, are we talking about creating the video or the, the experience everything, at Oklahoma? Everything, whatever you want to talk about. Well, the, <laughs> they're kind of polar opposites because obviously the uh, the event was amazing, but editing it was crazy. I don't, even, I don't know if you touched on this yet, Tommy, but the power went out last week. No, we didn't even oh talk about it. Oh, my goodness. So I guess I can get into that. But All right, so obviously, first off, like the event was crazy. Like you guys saw in the video, there was almost 100 people. I think there, we topped 100 people for that game three. We had a crazy night game. Nick Saylor hit a home run over the monster. Um, and it was a really even series. Like, Daniel was on, I was on. You saw the video, Jack? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it was it was a really fun video. Like, you saw in the compilations, too. Like, it was almost like a vacation for a lot of us. And, like, for me, I don't really get that during the summer. Um, and Tommy, too. Like, we're so busy with the Wiffleball League. Like, it was a vacation, but at the same time, we are getting work done and getting a series done like, in the season. So I had really fun doing that. And it just went really well. The, the complex treated us really well. Um, all the amenities and everything, we just had a lot of fun with. Um but then if you go on the other side in terms of editing the video, Tommy didn't talk about this yet, but we lost power last week when I was trying to edit this video. Basically, on like Wednesday the city night. of Brighton, by the way, like the whole Bro, city almost. Like Wednesday is my grind day. Like I, So I post the video on Friday, right? And I always look to have it done Thursday. Like I, I usually schedule the upload like Thursday, midday, mid-evening, um, just so I'm not stressed Friday trying to get it up at the last second. So Wednesday, like if, if I'm trying to finish it Thursday, then Wednesday is the day I really have to grind it out. And that's the day when the power went out, I think, right? Rent Wednesday night at like, or Wednesday evening at maybe 3 or 4 or 5 p.m. So, bro, my goodness. We had to, like, we had to, like, get the generator going and then get an extension cord all the way up to my room to get power to my PC. And then once I got that video done, first of all, I didn't sleep that night, Wednesday night. I had zero minutes to sleep. I took a nap from 1 to 2 p.m. And then I had to do a series the, the following evening. But, um... Not only did we not have power, but we didn't have internet, obviously. So how am I going to upload the video to YouTube, right? So <laughs> my mom's car has Wi-Fi in it, but it has to be like in a good, like a good spot. So once I had the video done, I, I, we went to like a parking lot of a nearby middle school or elementary school, Hawkins, and we sat in there to, to, for, you know, waited to get like three or four bars of, of uh, connection or whatever. And we tried uploading the video. It took like two hours to finally upload to YouTube. So my Wednesday and Thursday were absolutely insane. But I'm just really happy the video is doing well. Like I don't know if you've seen the view, the view rates or whatever right now, but it's like almost at like 200,000 views. So nice. That's what really made it worth it. But the grind of editing that and like posting it to YouTube was never been harder for me. Really, you think it's the hardest one this summer? Well, like just the term, the, the like power in outage. terms of just the adversity I face in trying t- to get this yeah, video yeah, as this like as like dramatic dramatic as it sounds no like, it is dramatic bro when I was editing that night when it was when I got zero ni- zero minutes of sleep it was mm-hmm. thundering and lightning yeah, the it entire was. night it was a brutal thunderstorm <laughs> me and Kyle exchanged I felt again. like I was in a horror film once again and I had to edit this video with pure darkness again I didn't have lights in my I didn't yeah. have electricity yeah once again I Going was on a generator. I was not up editing all night I don't do YouTube editing but um, it was Kyle and I exchanged text messages that night, like 3:30 a.m. because it was like thundering, lightning. So I'm wide awake. I was like, we feel like we're and at Kyle's war. Kyle's like, right I'm now. literally editing through a war zone right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've definitely felt for him. And yeah, it's uh, hey, it's pretty Canvas, incredible. Canvas Friday. It's because yeah, Canvas a Friday, but I always um, Canvas a Tuesday. <laughs> Canvas Tuesday, Canvas a Friday. Am I right? You literally can't because the moment can't. you miss one, people the, the doubt creeps in. The people's yeah, heads are it's, like, it's oh, are they gonna miss another one they missed last week. Social weeks. media can be, a, can be a beautiful thing and it can be a terrible thing, but um, like yeah, I'm always concerned when stuff like that happens. Like you want to meet your deadlines, but you also don't want to compromise the integrity and the um quality of the videos. So it was uh, it was a great video. Everyone loves it. Appreciate I think my it. favorite part, yeah, the, the um, we haven't talked. See, me and Kyle haven't even talked about this yet. We don't really get to talk about these this is things. The first time I saw you, like the a train, week. the train just keeps going, and yep. you can't even like reflect on what's happening. Yeah, until usually in like September, I'll, I'll like really like, like gain. Can't, you can't even. It's like I'll gather so myself. Hard, but I mean, it's crazy. Anyway, I was, was gonna say I liked. I thought the um the sailor mic'd up was funny, mm-hmm, really I good, agree. and um like obviously like the fan interactions were cool. But yep. I think you picked the perfect soundtrack 
for the between games two and games three, and it was like all like the feel, it was oh, the feel of guitar, that. campfire music. Yeah, I was going for like <laughs> a tropical vibe. Yeah, that, no, that was like, no, no, not like the arcade games. When we were like playing with the kid, it was more like it was like okay. guitar only. Okay, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like a perfect. You yeah, do you remember what I was talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, not a lot of people know. I go through, well, I go through hundreds of songs to find the right one. I was gonna say like this was one of the first videos where like the for games two and three, mm-hmm. like game two, the audio almost gave me like a. Like, I could tell how intense the series was yeah. because of the music. Because it almost gave me, like, a little, like, spooky yeah. vibe. I'm and glad you noticed that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I tend, I, like, in my editing style, I tend to uh, reflect my music choice with how close or, like, of a blowout the game is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, say it's a game to, like, I, I'm not trying to give away what happens in the game. Mm-hmm. But, like, if it's a blowout, you don't want some intense music because the game's not intense. It mm-hmm. just wouldn't make sense. So, I'll maybe put, like, a tropical music in there or maybe, like, a chill, like, New York City type, tr- uh, like, hip-hop beat or something mm-hmm. like that. But then, obviously, in the games, like, it's a night game, our first night game ever, I get this, like, Native American, like, mm-hmm. like film score, orchestral. Yeah, like, these are, all the, these are all the filter words I use to get to mm-hmm. the exact track I look for. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I try to match it. Yeah, I think one people are very focused on their editing. This is I'm talking about people that are DMing me and probably Kyle probably gets three times the amount that I do. But um, like people are focused on how do I get a scoreboard, how do I do this, how do I do that. Music. Music is very very important to the quality music, of things. Like next time a you watch in our video. Next time you watch a movie, actually pay attention to not. I'm not saying the songs. I'm saying the actual background, like yeah. ambiance things, like between scenes. It's not even, it's not like even just the music, it's the, the score. Yeah, it's like literally this, the, the score. The, the That's a better word for it. The yeah. instruments, yeah. yeah. Like if you watch your favorite TV show, whether it's like Breaking Bad or Ozark, like during the intense scenes, like yeah, listen to the sounds and actually appreciate how much value that adds Sound to design. the scene. It's like absolutely unreal how much a piece of music can change your clips. And I think that really showed through in this video. I remember opening day when Drew Davis had a game tying grand slam. That like piece of music was perfect yeah. when he hit the go home I run. Think, I think one of my favorites this year is the Gators Diamondbacks. Remember when Wilson came up and hit like the yeah, go ahead yeah, home yeah, run? Yeah. The music kind of stopped. There's kind of a little eerie. Mm-hmm. He walks up. We have that like iconic camera angle we yep. used to call it. Yep. Um, and then he hits the home run. That kind of like and accelerates. plus now like you notice Kyle sometimes will cut the music, but then it's nothing actually no, happens. Gotta you gotta tease him. Out. You gotta tease him sometimes. So he keeps you on your toes. Remember what we said in the beginning of the year, Tom? Every series it's has a to movie. be a movie. It's every a movie. every single one of them. We're producing movies. We are. You have to. It's very... The Wiffle Ball League, when we're at the field, the players in the field are focused on playing the most competitive game possible and trying to win the game. Yep. Behind the cameras, we are trying to focus on making this a movie yep. and putting it out in the coolest way possible. You have to. We're like a TV show. Once a week. Once a week. It's like you're, Fridays it's like, at four. It's like a reality TV show. Better not it's miss like it. I would tune in to Survivor Wednesdays at eight. I mean, I think they're getting going back in September, but oh. that was literally, was literally like the highlight of my week. Season, yeah, season a billion of Survivor. 40-something. I'm a huge fan of Survivor. You think we have a lot of videos? Know. Look at Survivor's episodes. Wait, my no, gosh. seriously. I, I view it in the same way. And now, like, we're almost like a TV show where it's like we're on once a week. Your mm-hmm. new show, like, everybody plans. I mean, some people probably like plan around it. They, mm-hmm. you know, give they give away time just to watch our video at 4 p.m. every Friday. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's what, so I, that's what I plan. Survivor Round Dot. Reason that's a good show has a good score. It does. Great score. It has a great score. It's I use very similar music <laughs> yeah. to their tribal council music. Yeah, they have intense stuff. I know it's it intense. adds so much. You Sometimes I'm not even kidding. I'll look up tribal council Survivor music on YouTube just to play in the background when I'm editing to get me into the like I'm the right you, mindset. I bet you like less than ten percent of our audience, even though they like the content more because of it, I bet you they don't even realize like that's why they like it more. Yeah, like it's such a subtle thing. Which I mean, subconscious. I'm a big music person, so like I notice it immediately, and mm-hmm. I like think it should be a focal point, but people don't even realize that. Right, I agree. But there's your, there's your editing lesson of the week, folks. Yeah. Kyle, we'll, we'll have to get Kyle on here every once in a while to drop some gems. Just drop some gems on the a, YouTube. I need to teach a course. The YouTubers who want to be coming actually. up. That would be fun. I think like this podcast is a good place to sprinkle it in, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whenever Kyle sh- comes, out of, the, comes out of the cave from upstairs. I haven't even started. I really need to get started on the next one. Well, you're out of town, so. I know. I, I got to get started on it. What, what is it? Is it Mallard Gators? No, it's Cobes Preds. Cobes Preds. It's a wild one. I'll just say that. Um, then I also have to get the schedule out, so I don't know how much time left with you boys but yeah I well we're wrapping up podcast we appreciate you guys tuning in um we've got for having kyle on the show daniel on the Thank show you, mr swagner of the big brain blog himself here um another absolutely fantastic episode i really do enjoy uh filming these with the or recording these for you guys with jack me and jack sit down these here are awesome chat it you up know, mondays are tough sometimes but i just know if i can get through the day i know i get to one of my favorite parts of the week, unless I'm playing in a wiffle ball series, <laughs> this would be second. <laughs> yeah, but it's not this bad. is one of my favorite parts of the week. It's really not enough. bad. It's a quick, quick hour out of Jack and I's days for 
the enjoyment of thousands. So uh, couldn't couldn't be happier to be doing Soon it. Soon to be millions. Soon to be millions, billions, seven billions. billions. Moon to the moon to the moon. Better better invest now, guys. Get it while you can. It's going. It's on. Pipe it up. Podcast stock is on clearance right now. It's okay? rising. It's blowout sale. It's, it's a value buy. Value to say buy. the least. Absolutely. It's like you're shopping at Salvation Army, and next month will be on Hollywood Boulevard. Sunset if we Boulevard. started, like, so Kyle would do, like, an editing course segment, and then mm-hmm. I could do, like, an investing mm-hmm. segment, and my first tip would be buy MLW stock right now, buy it. it's so cheap. You can't even buy it publicly. Can't it's buy it's it so low. It's, it's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> what would I talk about, Jack? Kyle is editing. You, you do could investing. Do, I, am I just useless? You could talk. I think, ab- guys... You could talk this about. This is my last episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like they don't need me anymore. Here. <laughs> no, well, I liked your uh, the one episode when you were giving like shopping tips. Shopping Remember tips. when you were like talking about? That's what I'm how, good for, Jack. Grocery yeah. shopping. No, no, no. <laughs> like you were talking. What was the one episode you were talking about? Like how to get like clearance items and stuff. Do you uh, remember that one? Honestly, no. I told you. you I don't, don't remember. That I don't one? remember what I talk about. See, Tom. This is what. Uh, t- see, he's just selling himself short. He drops so much wisdom. He doesn't even remember what he said. Yeah, I sell myself short so I can buy more stock at That's a lower right. price. Exactly. To See? the moon. That was a good. I think I should take a good wrap around. Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> maybe you should. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Um, we take off, and so to give you guys a little bit of a. Context? Yeah. Ha, 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 ha.